Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 83. Well, buckle your seatbelts because today we're about to tackle an oft misunderstood conversation, the separation of church and state. So what does this have to do with our kids? Well, we all want them to be confident in their faith and share it with others. But how could they legally do this in their public schools? You see, there's actually quite a few ways. You just might not be aware of them all. So today, you'll hear Corey and Lee talk about how our kids are free to exercise their religion before, during, and after school. The best news is God has not been kicked out of our public schools. He has always been there. You can find another great conversation surrounding this topic if you go to our podcast archives. Just go to Bible2School.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com, and click on episode 11 with Matt Sharp from Alliance Defending Freedom. You'll also want to head over to our website to read about navigating faith in public schools. This is on our blog. You'll want to click on the resources tab to find this. Are you ready to hear how you can kindly educate others on the separation of church and state and how this relates to our kids' freedoms in public school? Let's go. Well, Corey Pennypacker, welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. Hi, Lee. So good to be with you today. It's always fun when we get to be together. Corey, I'm just always amazed by the things that you teach me. Well, you teach me a lot too. I learn a lot from you. Well, today I want to talk about a phrase that you use all the time with me and really has been helpful. And that is kindly educating people who don't know something that they should know. So today we're talking about public school and the rights of children. So tell me what you mean when you talk about kindly educating someone, Corey. Well, kindly educating is just assuming that the best in the other person, that they're just mistaken, that they're not a bad person, they didn't do something on purpose. In the case of schools and, and educators and school administrators and teachers, like sometimes they just don't know and they think that they they know about religious freedoms and what can be done in the school and what can't. And it is a pretty gray area out there, can be confusing. So we always say kindly educate so that it's all always done respectfully, always done assuming the best in the other person. It just must be a mistake and we'll we'll get it cleared up respectfully. I love that because there are certainly times when our students will face an opportunity where they will need to help kindly educate their teachers about their rights to express religious thoughts, specifically for us, Christian beliefs in the public school. And sometimes that needs to come from a parent too, when a child is struggling to make that breakthrough. Corey, one of the things that I have heard is a teacher tell my child, you can't do that because of separation of church and state. 
And I really thought, what does that have to do with separation of church and state? Like, I thought this was one of his rights. So, Corey, what is separation of church and state? And why is this like the sticky wicket in our conversation about public schools? Yeah, it's the most commonly misunderstood thing in our history. It it is something that our Constitution guarantees the religious freedom. It's a fundamental right to have freedom of religion in our country founded on it. And they don't eat the separation of church and state. Those words don't even appear in the First Amendment, but it's in the Establishment Clause that was intended to separate the state from the church. In other words, Thomas Jefferson, I was told in 1802, he referred to it, the First Amendment, as creating a wall of separation between church and state so the state can't establish a church. So the state actually doesn't get into how a, a church is supposed to do things. It's just totally separate, and they're not allowed to, government's not allowed to favor one religion over the other. That's what Thomas Jefferson and James Madison believed, that without separating that state from the church, there could be no religious freedom. Uh, People have taken that to a different level. Yeah, we keep thinking, or I think the common misconception is, is that people wanted protection from religion coming into our government. But what our founding fathers actually said is we want to make sure that our government doesn't dictate our religious freedoms. So where does this fall into line with our public schools? Well, it's just a common thing that floats around there saying, oh my gosh, we can't have any religion in the public school. We can't talk about Jesus. We can't talk about religion. And that's just not true. Our students have freedom of religion, freedom of speech. It's just something that that the public schools are actually, their role in faith is to protect religious freedom, all religious freedom of students and not prohibit it. So that's, you know, that's Jewish, that's Muslim, that's Christian, that's all religious freedom. Uh, They don't want to prohibit it. And and that's kind of what we dive into with Bible to School. A lot of, in fact, most of the school administrators that we come into contact with first at first, they have not heard of this, that we, you can do, you can teach the Bible in public school during the school day with uh, their release time law, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But public schools may provide religious instruction. But they can they teach about religion. They teach about it like a subject, so that it's it's something that because I mean the role of religion in the history of the United States is huge with the Declaration of Independence and it's just so it is permissible in public schools. Now schools also like we said have the the discretion with this release time to dismiss kids off off site for religious instruction. There's before school and after school. There's prayer, but quite honestly, we need to kindly educate the public schools, when we do run up against this with respect to say, yeah, our kids can express their their faith during school. So when somebody who is inquiring about Bible school comes to you and you say, okay, well, you're going to need to go talk to your administrator, they go in and talk to their administrator and their administrator's response at first is generally, you can't do that. Then they call Corey. And what does Bible to school tell them? We tell them that it is by federal court ruling that you can take children off site, something called the release time court rulings. It's from 1952, upheld by the Supreme Court from the ni- 1952. And you can teach the Bible to public school kids. As long as it's off site during the school day, you can do that. As long as you have parental permission, 
and no tax dollars are used, that is legal. And again, that's something that people are like, wait a minute, that's separation of church and state. What, what about that? And they have ways for this to happen. And one of them is the release time jurisdiction that says that you can do this. There's other ones too, though. There's three domains where students can freely express their religious belief in public school. They're just supposed to have confidence to live out their faith. They need to understand what their religious rights are during the public school day. That's what our heart is. And for them personally, their Christian friends, or even with people differing that have different opinions. And that can be also be part of their school day. Kids are in school many hours a day, many hours a week. And if their faith is part of who they are, how are you going to not like overflow with, you know, I believe in Jesus or I want to pray or, or all that kind of stuff. So personal freedom to express their faith. So them personally, they can express their faith. They can express their faith with their Christian friends together with them. And they can also express their faith with others of differing viewpoints. Those are kind of three domains we've identified where kids can express their faith, live their life. So back to the personal freedom, they can, during free time, they can pray. They can pray before their meals. There's nothing wrong with that, to do that. During free time, we see this often at Bible school. We give them a Bible on one of the first days that they're with us, and they use it on, during their free reading time. You know, they're, they're opening their Bible and they're, they're reading the stories that we're teaching them during the school day in school because that's a, that's a personal freedom of theirs. They can wear, this is one that people don't realize as well, they can real, uh, wear religious clothing and jewelry. So if you have a t-shirt that says Nike, just do it, uh, you're constitutionally protected to say, I have a t-shirt that says, I love Jesus. The message of Nike is protected. Also, the, your, your faith message is also protected. Jewelry, you can wear crosses and things like that. And mistakenly, the whole separation of church and state takes over and people say, oh, you can't do that. They can listen to religious music. During time when people listen to music, they can put on religious music. That's okay. And then well, my favorite is the class assignment. Pick a hero of, of, in history and somebody picks Jesus. And a, and a teacher says, oh, I'm sorry, you can't do that. You know, separation of church and state. That's not true that this child can express, as long as it's student-led, it's started by a student, then they can do these class assignments on a, a religious figure if they want to, that's important to them. Lori, a lot of people are listening may not have encountered this yet. Any opposition, I just would venture to say after four children, you can bet your bottom dollar you will encounter at least one of these. So I had a student last year, one of my kids, who came home and said their teacher said they were not allowed to talk about anything but the Big Bang Theory. And I said, nope, you're probably going to have to talk about the Big Bang Theory, but you can include in there your biblical worldview. And when we turned that in, I had to go and kindly educate the teacher that this was within her rights. And so, boy, it really is going to become a thing. If you have kids in public schools, this is a part of learning and helping kindly educate your system. Well, and holidays are really, and Easter's coming up. That's where it really comes out. I know I had my son who was doing a worksheet, you know, fill in the blank. And he, you know, what's, who's, what's the reason for the season? And he put Jesus. And you know, of course the teacher said, well, that's, you know, that is nice, but that's not really the answer we're looking for. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? Cause it's Jesus's birthday. And 
And so I had to, you know, go in and talk to a teacher and say, hey, I, I appreciate that, but my son is allowed to have that answer. And that's actually a right answer for what is Christmas. But she was great. She said, I didn't know that we were allowed to do that. So again, kindly educating. One of the things I know, we work a lot with Alliance Defending Freedom. They're an amazing organization in this country that helps fight for, uh, defend religious freedoms. And there was one, it was one of actually a Bible to school mom out toward Western Pennsylvania who daughter wanted to put her favorite Bible verse on their Halloween candy and hand it out. So John 316, put it on, you know, a nice Halloween candy. And they said, I'm sorry, at school said, I'm sorry, you can't do that. She actually went to court on this and said, and said, Hey, she can do this. This is again, you have a Valentine's Day card or you have a, you know, Halloween candy message that's on there, you know, boo or happy Halloween or whatever. That's protected. So is John 316. It's freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And so they won in court and she got to hand out her Halloween candy with John 316 on. And so, yeah, you, you just don't, they, again, they, they just don't know. And it's not the school educators. I want to really say this. We don't want to approach them with, hey, you got to do it this way. And this is the way it is. I mean, nobody wants to be approached that way. You just want to say, hey, I know you think that that's what it's supposed to be. But hey, do you want to look over here? Here's where it really is the truth of what the law says. They're very thankful. They're very thankful that we're helping to get them on the right page with this for for the future. So the other thing, those are personal freedoms. Now, freedoms with Christian friends, that's another thing that you can do. You have a bunch of Christian friends. You can organize a prayer group. You can organize a religious club. So there's clubs on campus. You can have a religious club on campus. And like I said, you can, with, with Bible to School, you can go off campus for religious instruction. You can have a Bible study if you want on campus when other people are having free time as well. I know a bunch of people are doing that in the high schools. So yeah, that whole idea of having a community of friends and having some religious material with it, it's okay. I mean, other clubs meet around other subjects as well. So this is this is something that is allowed in the public schools. The last thing was that um, kind of a big thing. It's freedoms to express their faith with others of differing viewpoints. And I don't recommend anybody going in with guns ablazing on this at all. But you can, if people have questions about your faith, you can give them religious material about it. You can hand them a Bible study book or a pamphlet. You know, even conversations, you can attempt to persuade somebody to your point of view, because, you know, that's, if you do that, you can have a political conversation. You can have all kinds of conversations with different opinions. Children are allowed to have, and students are allowed to have a faith-oriented point of view, Lee. They're allowed to talk about it. You know, they're allowed to say, I don't believe in the Big Bang Theory. I believe that God created the world in seven days, and there's one creator God. They're allowed to say that. It doesn't hurt anybody to have a an opinion, right? Right. One of the things that I keep thinking about is our children have the right to talk to others about Jesus, even if those others don't believe. So that too is a protected right. And they're allowed to attempt to persuade others. And that is another thing that you have taught me is within bounds. And so I know that by the time kids get out of Bible to school, quite often they are filled with joy and ready to talk about it. And that is 
absolutely permissible. Yeah. And that's the most beautiful way to talk about it, just to bubble over with joy with what God's doing in your life. And that's, that's what I see the most. And the thing is also to teach your children to be open to hearing what other points of view are. You talked about the biblical worldview. To be able to talk through it with other friends, that's really helpful. One of the things my older sons, the best thing they learned was how to articulate that really deep their faith as well. They might not have, you know, their friends don't, might not agree with them, but they were able to articulate their faith in a beautiful way in a conversation. And I think this America needs more conversation, don't you? I do. I absolutely do. I know so many people who are afraid of the public school system. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. What happens to people who don't believe in Jesus when they die? What a great question, worthy of our study and consideration. We find in the Bible that for those who do not receive Jesus Christ as Savior, death means everlasting punishment. Luke 16, 22 to 23 describes a rich man being tormented immediately after death, while Revelation 20, 11 to 15 describes all the unbelieving dead being resurrected, judged at the great white throne, and then being cast into the lake of fire. Many other scriptures describe the afterlife of an unbeliever as being separated from God forever, eternally. While this can be a hard truth to hear or to share, it's important to focus on the good news, that Jesus conquered death here on earth and is a savior available to everyone if they confess their sin, believe in him, and asked to belong to him forever. We laugh earlier, Corey, because people say it all the time. God got kicked out of public school. But Corey, go ahead. What's the reality about that statement? That is not true. A God did not get kicked out of, of, of public school because every week we were, we're right there with them. And we're, the God is ha- happening. Bible study is happening every week with Bible to school in our programs in public school. And, uh, but there are three ways that God can stay in public school. And it's, it's beautiful. And it's under the umbrella of our personal religious rights. These may happen. Uh, these activities may happen. Bible literacy classes. I have a friend in Tennessee who runs a big, uh, who's involved in a big uh, nonprofit that does this. They actually have, have courses that teach the Bible as a book, as a, a, not devotionally, but as a, hey, this is what happened in the Bible. This is how it worked historically. This is what the context was. And they really dive into it. It's very, very interesting. And it's done very well. So Bible literacy classes are key if you can get them into your curriculum. The other one is before and after school clubs. And they actually meet at public school on the campus. And you can, they can have Bible studies. They can have prayer time. They can, I've, I know that uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship has good news clubs after school that's very popular. There's a lot of ways to do that, uh, Bible clubs before and after school, all legal and all on site, on campus. The only one that you do during the school day, like we do, over typically over lunch and recess or a free period, is release time Bible classes, which I just explained to you is off-site parental permission and no tax dollars. And you can do that in all 50 states. And that's what we do, Lee. We get to teach the kids. Uh, they bring their lunch with them, and they, we get to teach the kids in elementary school the Bible during their public school day once a week. And boy, 
the one thing that some teachers say to me is the kids come back different. When they are expressing their faith and talking about their faith, it definitely changes the, their classroom. If they come back talking about it, did you know that the teachers are allowed to talk to them about faith? And if they say, hey, what do you believe? And the teachers are allowed to share their faith if, if a student asks them. Nobody understands that. They, they think, oh my gosh, we can't talk about it. But wow, this is, we are bo- mind, body, and soul. And these kids, faith is a part of their life and also their life at school and their proper parameters. The other thing I do want to say too, before we, we go, I want to make sure people know is that we have kids hang, hand out invitations to Bible to school, like a birthday invitation, but we don't have them do that unless the classroom rules, like the classroom rules might be before school or after school or over lunch that they're allowed to hand out birthday invitations. Follow the rules of the school. Be very respectful but kindly educate that you're allowed to do this. I love that. It's a great way to, to land this, Corey, is, is everything that we do in word and deed is supposed to point to Jesus. And kindly educating <laughs> is a part of negotiating this world that we live in right now. Corey, you and I are both pro-public school. Yes. And believe that God is at work in the public school system right now. I see it all the time. Corey, I know there are friends that are listening that probably feel convicted right now that it's time to address some rights that may have been infringed on, or maybe our friends are feeling burdened to begin a Bible to school group. And I think this is the very best time of the year to begin to answer that call to begin a Bible school group. How do our friends do that? Sure. They get in touch with us at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. Push contact and we will connect back with you and talk to you about your school and building a team and getting you tools to be able to do that. It's popping up all over the country and we just really uh, are excited to teach people how to do this in their own local public school because it makes a difference. Kids want to know three things, Lee. They want to know where did I come from, what's my purpose, and what happens after I die. And the Bible answers those questions. And these little ones, these big ones, all of them, all ages want to know. So we want to, and we want to tell them. And it's legal to do that. And it's legal. That's extra bonus. Well, Corey, as we wrap up today, wondering if you would pray for our friends who are listening. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this time we had to to discuss what the actual Constitution really says in our land, Father, that it does protect our religious freedoms. There are ways to, to talk about this with respect to others and, like we said, kindly educating. And Lord, we can only do that with you to help us. And so we ask your Spirit to move hearts and move minds and be in our communication out in the public school Lord, and we pray for the teachers and the principals and the superintendents, Lord, and the school board members. It's not easy being in those positions right now, but Lord, help us to have great conversations with them and help us to uh, help our children live their faith in the public school legally, kindly, and in the right way, and all to be your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I am super thankful that Corey and Lee cleared up some common misconceptions we've started to believe concerning the separation of church and state. Isn't it encouraging to know that our founding fathers designed our government to protect religious freedom with the First Amendment? 
God has not been taken out of our public schools, friends, and it is so great to learn some practical ways our kids can confidently share and express their faith in Jesus. So to be reminded and share with others those three ways in which public school kids can hear about God, check out our show notes from today at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com, and click on the resources tab. You can also check out our blog for more info on our rights given through the Constitution. Well, now is a great time to bring a Bible to school to your community. Have you talked with our team about how you can initiate this? It's super easy and eternally impactful. Just go to Bible2School.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We'll be so happy to talk with you. So that's a wrap for now, but be sure to stop back here next week when we have our guest Shannon Popkin talking to us about what to do when control shows up in our parenting, because we all know it does. Remember friends, you can tell the children that they are free to live out their faith in public school. See you next time.